0: Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Chris Fontana, out there in New York. What's up, my man? Welcome to episode 15 of The Rubio Method. My name is Chris Rubio, along with Nick Monahan. We're so happy that you're following us on ngbn.tv, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and of course, Spotify. We have a great, great show for you today. We're going to cover different words our musical likes and dislikes, a bar mitzvah, food and beverage, working with a relative and different motivations. Christian, I'm out. Focus. Focus up. What's up, Charles? I'm talking to you Thanks for watching on ngbn.tv, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, and of course, therubiomethod.com. If you guys have any questions for us, please email rubio at therubiomethod.com. Before we get into website questions, minute with Monahan, go.
1: What's up, you guys? We got the minute with Monahan today, and it is a good one because we are talking about five foods that reduce your stress level. And what we're looking to do here is lower our levels of cortisol, which um, help uh, you know bring stress on. So we want to lower those down and make sure that we're feeling really good, right? So number one, get that morning breakfast out there because eggs is good for you. That'll help reduce stress, help reduce those cortisol levels. Number two, avocados. I love avocados. I put them on everything, including breakfast burritos. Yes. Uh, number two, bananas. I love bananas. Um, again, three, I have almost three, oh,
0: three.
1: I'm losing it. Number three, <laughs> number three is bananas. Uh, number four, broccoli. I love broccoli, especially grilled. Thanks for coming. And Rubio, this lesson's for you dark chocolate, baby. Throw some dark chocolate in your diet. There you have it.
0: Fantastic, Monhan. Those are very, very good. I was really hoping. That pizza was going to be on there, but we'll talk about that later. Monan, give us some website <laughs> questions.
1: Yes. Okay. First one comes from Michael from California. He says, two part question. Number one, Monan, how long did you live in Minnesota? And number, uh, I asked because your accent is so powerful and I love it. Yes. Thank you. Number two, Rubio, do people have accents in Idaho? I'm going to take this number one. Uh, I lived in Minnesota for a year and a half, but I've been in and out of Minnesota uh, since 2014. So I spend a lot of time in the summers there um, and then also the winter. So I'm there probably about five months out of the year coming and going. Um, And that's been every uh, year since about 2014. What about you, Rubio?
0: So do Idaho people have accents? The answer is kind of yes and no. I'm really close to Canada. I'm about three, three and a half hours from Canada. So it kind of trickles down where you'll hear the real Idaho people say, Idaho, or can I, they'll say, take me home or grab my bag instead of bag. So of course I hear that all the time, which I absolutely love, but it's more the words and I don't know, there's certain words that they say that I notice right off the bat. So like, you know, like Wiley e. Coyote, they say coyote instead of coyote. They say, I actually wrote some down. They say pop instead of soda, which I I think that's a Midwest thing. They also say, oh, whenever an Idaho person is talking about their mom, they'll just say my mom or mom, excuse me, mom. So they're telling a story, just mom, 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 instead of saying my mom. So for someone who's not from Idaho, a little confusing. Uh, They also say Washington. Some people say that. Shout out to the judge next door who says that all the time and I make fun of him for it. And another Uh one, weird weird one, I Monahan, what do you call that? And your, if you're in your passenger seat of your car, there's that little c- area in front that you put all the crap in. What do you call that? Yeah, it's a glove box. Okay, glove box. I I grew up calling it a glove compartment. Here they call it a jockey box, which is very Ooh. odd because Idaho is the one place where you'd actually need gloves in the winter. So whatever. Monahan, number two.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And I should also mention I'm around – uh hockey players all the time the nhl and the ahl so i'm with those canadians and minnesotas all day long as well um so number two this comes from our boy tc who was on the podcast earlier terry from texas he says what is one song on a normal rotation on your playlist that would surprise most people rubio do you uh, want to field this one
0: i think i've spoken about this before on the show maybe i have maybe i haven't i have My rotation of playlists is unbelievable. I love all types of music except for speed metal where it just sounds like cats are giving birth as they're being drug across a freeway. I'm not listening to that. Um, Other than that, I listen to pretty much everything. So my playlist, it just rotates. There's literally could be anything going on and it's going to be on there.
1: That's awesome. Um, So I think most people know this about me, but I think it surprises most people who don't know me well. I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan. I can't help it. I love her. So um, anything off the, what's that? T-Swizzle. Gotta love she's her. Oh, she's amazing. She's, she's A plus work. Um, anything off the red album, I'm hammering that home. So that would be, uh, that would surprise most people. Um, last question. This also comes from Terry from Texas. He says hat or visor, Flatbill flat bill, or old school. And so I'll take this first. Um, I go hat. Uh, I think visors are pretty 90s, but uh, I'm with it. Steve Spurrier rocks the hell out of a visor. Um, And then, dude, I like the flat bill. I like to lower nice and low, kind of keep it moving like a baseball player. That's my move. What about you, Rubio?
0: I will go beanie in the winter. Uh, For those that are hair challenged like myself, you'll notice you lose a lot of warmth out your head And you guys have hair. I don't, so it gets very, very cold up there. Um, I do not wear hats because my wife tells me not to because she says my head is too big and I start to almost look like a hot dog on a sick guy or if it's... Smaller hat, it looks like a little yarmulke on me, and that's just not a good <laughs> sign for me. <laughs> quick, quick yarmulke story. I guess you, did, you probably didn't think this was gonna happen to Monhan. When I was it. teaching, I, I had a kid who, who was going through his bar mitzvah and I got invited. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. I wanna learn all about this. So we go to the bar mitzvah and immediately I started to think, oh my God, I'm gonna have to wear a yarmulke. What are they gonna do? Staple it on my head, like, you know, on Scrooge or something. So luckily they had a little duct tape for the man. Okay, duct tape that thing back there is great. We go around, and I don't know if you've ever been to bar mitzvah. They walk. I've never been, and all of a sudden they're rolling around with this tube, and I it, I think it has the the Torah in it or the Bible, the Bible, whatever's going around. And I'm not paying attention, and everyone's touching it, you know, just touching it. And I had no idea that it was glass or anything like that. So immediately it comes to me, and I go boom like that. It almost shatter it, and everyone looked at this big, brown, bald guy with a duck tape yarmulke as the biggest idiot on the planet. And I pretty much was. That's my yarmulke story. <laughs> Christian, I'm out. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country.
2: We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. And now
0: United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading at unitedthroughreading.org.
1: Here's
2: to the straggly ones, the first ones. Hey, I look good with this ones. The black, brown, red, and gray ones. The itchy ones. The ones grown by dad. The ones grown for dad. The I nearly didn't do it this year ones. And the absolutely filthy ones. They all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow will save a bro. Learn more at Movember.com.
0: Focus, focus up. Jordan, out in Harrison, I'm talking to you. What is up, big guy? Thanks for watching on ngbn.tv, therubiomethod.com, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and of course, keep subscribing and sharing the YouTube link, The Rubio Method. We have a phenomenal guest, and this is gonna be kind of a hard one for me because I've known this person for quite a while, probably, I think, looking back, probably about 12 to 13 years, and I always wanna promote the people and the places I'm talking to But this one, I kind of don't want to promote it. And I'll tell you exactly why. We have Whitney Haruza is on. She is a Boise, Idaho native. Okay, this is a quick side tip for everybody. When you move to Idaho, one of the first things you learn is how to say Boise. Because everyone in the world says Boise with a Z. And people from Boise get very upset with you if you you do, do not pronounce Boise the correct way. So heavy S. Going back to what I was saying. She's an Idaho native who lives in Harrison, Idaho. Harrison is one of my, if not my favorite place in the world. It has a phenomenal establishment there we'll talk about in a second. It's small, it's quaint, it's quiet. I absolutely love it. You don't want to visit it. What you can visit, just don't stay too long. I'm not going to say there's been an infiltration of people, (coughs) California (coughs) people coming up, but I'll say there's been a little bit of an infiltration. So we're trying to keep it small town. It's a small town, a population of 267. One of my favorite, favorite places on the planet. Whitney is the co-owner of One Shot Charlie's. You can see she's there right now. And also of Double Shots. It's her new coffee shop. And she works hand in hand with some great, great people. And one of them is is her brother that we'll talk about in a little bit. Whitney, sorry for the long intro. Welcome. Thanks for opening up your day for us.
2: Hey, Rubio, can I make a couple corrections? (laughs) Yes, please do. Oh, my God. Um, We've only known each other for 10 years, but love you for making it feel like it's been so long. Um, I'm not from Boise. I'm from Kimberly and Twin Falls. But, you know, we are super close, even though Rubio, obviously, when I okay. talk, doesn't listen all the time. He still knows me well.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Now that we've got that established, Whitney, I got a couple quick hitters for you. If you could meet okay, one famous person that is alive, one famous person that is alive, who would it be and why?
2: What am I doing with the famous person? Just
0: meeting him. Hey, what's up? Having a cup of coffee at Double Shots.
2: Oh, geez, Rubio. Um, You know what? Right now, so I am listening to the book uh, by Jared Kushner. So right now, I would actually like to, I would like, I have a few more questions for that man. So I would like to talk to him.
0: That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I was walking by the mirror a couple of days ago and I'm, you know, I, I see myself quite often on social media and all that stuff and cameras and videos and YouTube. And I swear to God, I walked by the mirror a couple of days ago and I was like, double take like who the hell is that guy? Cause I saw like a, there was a, the incoming light. There was a lot of gray. So my question to you is I always think of myself as a certain age. Then I see myself and I'm like, well, that dude's kind of older. What age do you think of yourself as?
2: Oh, 22, 23. Easy. Like easy 22, 23. Yeah. I just, um, I think so 20, that yeah. I'm still young. I'm still super slender. All those things.
0: <laughs> I got it. 22, 23. I go 29, 30-ish. I think that's the age. Christian, you don't even deal with age because you're so... Just an anomaly, so I won't even ask you. And the last one, Whitney, I've talked to you a lot about this aspect of your life. If I was like a wizard and I could give you two extra days in the – two hours extra per day, what would you do with them?
2: Sit on my couch and eat bonbons.
0: (laughs) She (laughs) jokes because – I hate to say it to her face, Whitney's one of the hardest working people I've ever met. And I always joke that she's really, really lazy and just sitting and eating bonbons all the time. We'll probably have to edit that out. Whitney, how did you get started in the restaurant business? What, what, and what motivated you to do it? I mean, you came from not Boise, Twin Falls, all that area, started in the restaurant business. A lot of people try to do it. And you basically succeeded very, very well in a very small town. It's a summer town, but you've kept your off, your offices, your restaurant open the entire time. How did you start?
2: So um, I took a job at a restaurant in Boise because at that point in my in my life I was in Boise and I was thir- or no, pardon, I was 14 years old, 15 years old, somewhere right there. Um, my girlfriends had started working in a place called Sunrise Cafe, um, and I played sports. I played um, softball. And in order to be able to play softball and also do the things I wanted to do, there were six of us kids in our family, so I had to have a job to be able to get a bike or, you know, a bike, a nicer bike, not a hand-me-down or a stereo that wasn't a hand-me-down. And so, um, one of my girlfriends was working at Sunrise Fa- Sunrise Family Restaurant down in Boise on Chinden and uh, State Street, and so I started as a busser there at um, at Sunrise Family Restaurant, and then from there I went to I stayed there all the way until I left for college and then when I left for college I came up here to um, North Idaho at Coeur d'Alene went to NIC on a softball scholarship and then the scholarship was only for uh, tuition and books and I had to pay for everything else so um, I continued to work at Red Lobster uh, to be able to pay for other things and you know anyone that's been in the restaurant business knows that um, the restaurant affords you to be able to kind of change your schedule without too many issues or too many red flags. So I kept working at Red Lobster to be able to go to school and play softball. So that's how I got started. I followed a friend and wanted cool stuff that wasn't hand-me-downs. So it worked well with, uh, you know, playing sports.
0: And how did you go from working for someone to working, being the person that everyone's working for now? Like what motivated you to that? Because a lot of people would be kind of cool, just, hey, I kind of want to be the on the on the back end, but now you're on the front end and you're, you're going full steam. What motivated you to do that?
2: Uh, I don't know. We're still trying to figure that out. Um, I just, I had really good work ethic. I played softball, you know, from the time I was in sixth grade all the way up, I had an amazing, um, I had a ton of amazing coaches, but the coach that I just have the most amazing memories and just a lot of, um, gratitude for is, uh, Thomas Bacon, Tom Bacon, his, um, son Jude was, um, playing baseball and he, uh, They started getting really good. And so Tom's like, all right, time to pass on, you know, the torch to some other coach and then took and, um, took all the softball girls and turned us into playing like boys and the work ethic that I think I already had, he made sure that we, that he accentuated it. So I think it was just, I had a really good work ethic and I think in a, in business always, and especially today, when somebody comes in with a good work ethic, you know, um, you can you can, you can accomplish a lot of things with a great work ethic.
0: Can you teach that work ethic?
2: If so, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm trying. I'm trying. I think it's race. I know. I I mean, I think-
0: I, 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 no, Cause you and I have talked about this before about, and I've spoken to other people. I will not mention names that have had troubles with you because you, you drive so hard people so hard. <laughs> And you are, and they'll say like, oh, I can't believe she did this. Can't believe that. And I go, why? I would have done the exact same thing. She's the boss. She expects this and that. And I think that's why kind of you and I get along is that you're a very bottom line person. I'm obviously a very bottom line person as per the last segment, of all the, the sh- viewers know. But it's one of those like, just do it. D- don't, give me an excuse. Just get it done. So you, you, you don't think it can be taught?
2: I, I think in my kids it will be. I think um, it takes a long time like, A lot of kids that I now have that work for me, we're constantly talking about stuff like that. And I think that, um, I think it's taught, but I think it's taught at a very young age and it's who you surround yourself with. So do I think that I was just born magically with this phenomenal work ethic? (laughs) No, but um, I think that with my environment and the people I surrounded myself with, and it takes time to cultivate for sure. um, And I think the more we can, uh, you know, keep good people around us, the more chances we have of doing better and being better, you know, and having a good work ethic.
0: Yeah. That's what I always tell my kids. You are who you hang out with. You hang out with idiots. You're an idiot. You hang out with great people. You're going to be 100%. a great person.
2: Hundred percent. So 100%.
0: you and I, we, we, we've known each other for 10 years. Excuse me. I have spent quite a bit of time in your establishment. Not going to say that I have a drink named after me, but I do have a drink named after me. Well, that's neither here nor there that I was the second on the list. I'm still salty about that. So when all hell broke loose two and a half, two, three years ago, whatever it was with the Rona, as a restaurant owner and you're getting told all these things, what did you think? Did you think like this was a joke or like how did you guys survive that? Because so many businesses oh, okay. did not.
2: We, um, so Jordan and I, I think it was part luck and I think it was part um, our work ethic, right? So when we came down here to Harrison, um, you know, we asked the previous owners a lot of questions. Um, cause I think, you know, your history and where you come from is very important to know anything moving forward. And, um, you know, they told us the winters are tough. So from day one, we started saving any money that we made through the summertime to help pay winter bills. And we just stuck with that motto. You know, we didn't, we didn't do crazy things. We didn't go into huge debt. And so where most restaurants only have, um, you know, uh, a week, the best restaurants probably only have two weeks of cash on hand you know we can have potentially up to 6 months of cash on hand because of our business model because of just you know in Harrison you know we're seasonal so you you make money in July and August for sure September and June could maybe um October and what's on the other side of April you know hopefully um and so i think that that was one of it and then our work ethic and we had built up a really good reputation and there's a lot of people out there that support us and that and that um, love us because of they've seen our sacrifice and our work ethic over the years. So, um, you know, my sister owns a restaurant down in Boise. It's Gramercy, uh, P- or Gramercy Park. Um, and if you're down in Meridian, actually, you know, I talked to her about, you know, they have to make money every single day. That pressure and that stress is something that I don't know if I'd ever go back to. I really enjoy that, you know, there's a, October second. Once that water spigot is shut off, we don't we don't know if we're making money again until June or July. But it's nice to be like, okay, this is what we have. This is the amount of money we have, and it needs to make it all the way to uh, you know June. Sometimes just May this year it had to make it to July, and so you just have to then budget, and you have to be really this this financially responsible. Fiscal. Yeah, I, got I know. I'm trying to get there. I couldn't get it. So yeah, yeah I think that it. that's, that's I think a business, it was just a business, it's just the way we ran our business and then our work ethic and, you know, uh, people recognize that and they rewarded us for it.
0: Okay. So this show, you, you know, we're talking about men's health and just mental health and all that. What, what advice do you have? Cause I've seen you work ungodly hours and I, even I, I mock you and I make fun of you, but like, I've seen you close and open kind of weird that I was there at the same time, but that's not, that's, as I always say, neither here nor there. What what advice do you give to people that are having trouble putting one foot in front of the other to just keep moving forward?
2: Oh, geez. Right. I mean, everybody saw the interview with Kim Kardashian where she got blasted for saying, just get up and work. Um, mm-hmm. You have to figure out what your strengths and your weaknesses are. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I also at one point did a half Ironman and I put my head down and I sang, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. I can't tell you how many times and just put my head down and just, I, I, I started it. I don't know if I've ever finished it like one time completely do the other. But when you let your mind go to the really negative and to the, and to the, all the bad stuff, you're only going to end up at the bad stuff and the negative. So to me, you have to, you have to look at what's right in front of you and you have to know what your end goal is. And those are the only things you can look at. You can't, you can't look at everything else. You can't get distracted. You you need to, not saying you can't have bad days and that it's not going to happen, but your mantra needs to be, this is the mission. This is the goal. And you just, one day after another, just keep on focusing on the, the those things that are going to get you to, to get you to that.
0: Yeah. That one thing that we, we've been talking about that and have a goal. Is that what you said? Have a goal.
2: Have a goal. Have a goal. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. Most people would absolutely loathe working with a relative. You work with your brother and you guys seem to work pretty darn well together. And I think it's kind of because you both have your strengths and weaknesses because I've seen you guys be happy, fluffy unicorns and sunshines and clouds. And then I've also seen you almost try to rip his head off. And he's got more of the, I'll say you're the more I'm going to say this in a nice way, the more of the dictator of the group where he's more of the jovial happiness. You both have your strengths. What advice do you have to, to give to anybody thinking about working with a relative?
2: It is tough. I love my brother. I wouldn't, I I would not have accomplished. We would have not have accomplished what we have accomplished without each other. You're going to make me cry, Rubio. That was jerk move. Um, I love my brother and we, we have a really tough time. Like we're fighting right now. <laughs> no holds barred. We're fighting right now. Um, and we have some knockdown drag out fights, but I think that um, he knows that I love him and I, I think he loves me. Um, but we, we have, like you said, he has so many um, strengths that I don't have. You know, I'm not a big um, partier. I'm not a big sit down and talk to people. Like I, w- I want to get in and get out. Um, and he, he's the mayor of our community. Like he's the one that brings everybody in and makes people feel welcomed and all those things. And I'm just here to kind of get my job done and get in and out. And I have my connections and I have my people I talk to. But, you know, he is, like you said, he's the fun jovial one and that's what people come in to see. And, um, you know, you, you have to make sure you you look at their strengths. It's hard. One shots is so busy and so crazy. It gets tough and we fight And it. But you got to remember all the good things that that person brings to your life. And, and it's helped you get to where you are, you know. And so if you can't think again, it's the positives, right? It's the focus on the good. We fight about the negatives, but I know all the good that my brother brings, and I know all the good that he's done and that has, you know, has been his part in getting us to where we're at.
0: And I think you guys just be do careful, a very just know job. your positives. Yeah, know your positives. And I think you guys do a good job. And it's gonna lead me to my last question. Weird how that worked out of communicating with each other. Um at one shots, you see a lot of different people. I mean, I've been in there and you you, you know, where my spot is where I like to sit. It's close to you, to you Jordan, plus I like to people watch. And it's just, it's, you could, it's like a carnival in there sometimes. You hear a lot of crazy things. You see a lot of crazy things. If I could, I've talked about this before with other guests. If I could give you a magic wand, what would you do to fix this crazy, crazy world we live in right now?
2: Vote Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that. Um, a crazy say I, oh, right. I was just saying that because Joe Rogan just said it, and everyone knows that I always have some kind of podcast in my ear. Um, you know, be a synergist. I think just again, we need to remember that we're all Americans and that this is a great country, um, and that we all have our differences, but that's what's made that's what's made us so great. I mean, it's it's now to where you know, find our common morals again, find our common ground. And, and, um, you know, try and be a synergist. I think if I could, I would make everyone be more of a synergist and remember our foundation of, you know, what, what made us, you know, all great. I don't know if that makes sense, but my magic wand would be makes to sense. make us all be synergists. You can have your I, I, thought, I, you can have your views, but yeah, synergists.
0: And like I always say on that same note, to truly get people to come together, it, it, it And I say this all the time and you know me Wit I love to talk to people and argue I think people just need to communicate with one another. It's like I think you're an ass You think I'm an ass. Here's why I think you're an ass. Here's why you think I'm an ass If at the end of that conversation, we both think we're asses. That's great We just know not to talk to each other, but it's okay for you to have your opinion
2: So what's funny is that Jordan and I were just arguing and I said, I think I'm right He's like, well, don't you get it? You think you're right. I'm like, no, no, no I think I'm right. Obviously. I'm going to argue my opinion because I, I think I'm mm-hmm. right. Like everything that's surrounded me and everything that I've reached, researched has made me come to that belief. Your job, if you disagree with me, is to try and convince me that I'm wrong. And if you can't convince me with yes. your facts and your information, then guess what? I still think I'm right. And so I think that that's what we don't do anymore. We don't have, like, we were told not to talk about politics. And we were told not to talk about religion. And we're told to have all these safe conversations. And so now we've, the... Those are hard, heavy conversations. We're not talking about them anymore. So we're all separate. If we can come together and have those tough conversations and figure out where we meet in the middle, I mean, that's what it is. You're supposed to have more conversations about tough stuff, not less. So, and then convince me that you're right.
0: I could not agree more. That's why you and I get along. We're both kind of bottom line people and we both like to talk and we, you're just as bad as I am. I know you are. Where you like to argue. And I think that's a great, great thing. Uh, Whitney, promote anything you want right now. Where are we at? One Shot Charlie's. Where's One Shot Charlie's? Is there a website? What about Double Shots? Uh, one, Where are you?
2: So One Shot Charlie's um, is in Harrison, Idaho. If you if you don't know, you're not cool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best, it's the best place on the lake. Um, so One Shot Charlie's in Harrison, Idaho. So you um, it's ssone shot charlies dot net. Um, our coffee shop is over in Kellogg. Uh, right now the sign does say uh, mountain cafe. We're in the middle of rebranding and changing that over to double shots. Um, so we're working on the website now, but one shots, if you go there, all the links will be there eventually. So start there and all roads lead to one shot Charlie's when you're, when you're anywhere in North Idaho.
0: Whitney, I really appreciate your time and comments. You did Fantastic. Everyone go check out one shots at Southeast corner of Coeur Lake in Harrison, Idaho, but just go visit for like a long weekend. You don't want to stay there or anything like that. Uh, Christian, I'm out. <laughs> focus, focus up. Chris Bentley, I'm talking to you, my man. Thanks for everything you're doing for the NGBN.tv community. Make sure you're watching on NGBN.tv, TheRubioMethod.com, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and of course, YouTube. Keep sharing and subscribing. And don't forget, The Rubio Method is on Facebook and also Twitter. Go out there, share, post, do what you got to do and like it all. All right, Whitney was obviously a phenomenal guest. Her and I get along really, really well. We have the same type of attitude, very bottom line, boom, 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 boom. And we both like to argue um she did want me to tell you or remind you that if you saw a couple flies because she is at the restaurant they have the garage doors open they have this it's phenomenal big garage doors so there was a couple flies walking by has nothing to do with the sanitation of the restaurant it's a phenomenal place all right on that note let's get to the bottom line remember the bottom line segment for all you new listeners and watchers is just three things that you probably learn without even realizing you're learning so number one nom 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 nom. You can pronounce that any way you want. Remember a minute with Monahan, how we talked about five foods that can get you healthier in your mind, your spirit, your body, your sleep, everything Get you going in the right direction. Still a little upset that pizza was not one of those, but we're going to just let that pass. Number two. Know your strengths and use them to your advantage. Whitney said that a lot. I've said that a lot. It's one of those things, if you are a very strong public speaker, maybe do more public speaker. If you're a very just hardworking, determined human being, like Whitney was talking about, put your head down, sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall, whatever the hell you wanna get through, and just put your head down and know your strengths and use them to your advantage. And the third one, one not might not be the loneliest number after all. Whitney talked about finding one thing, okay? And I think we talked about it the last show as well. Find one thing, make it your goal, write it down. I know people have dream boards and all that stuff. I always kind of use my notepad section. I have these, you know, kind of erase boards. I have all of my office. Just find that one thing, that one thing. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's families. Maybe it's a goal of something else, but just find one thing and let it motivate you to do the right thing. Episode 15 is complete. Like I said, make sure you're sharing everything off the RubioMethod.com and NGBN.TV. Christian, I'm out.